Uh, Let's all pray together. Father, we thank you for your wonderful mercy that we've just sung of in uh, this hymn as it is displayed in Christ. And we pray now that as we turn to your word once again, that we would see the mercy of God in these verses and that we might in turn receive that mercy and be shaped by it, that we might be the people we're called to be, living in obedience to your word and knowing your blessing in Christ. In his name, we pray these things. Amen. So please do have Deuteronomy 15 in front of you this evening. You might remember from the last time that we were in Deuteronomy, in chapter 14, we were looking at the law of the tithe and how each year the people of Israel would set aside a tenth of their produce as an offering to the Lord. And you may recall the final section of the tithing law was all about caring for the needy. And Moses says to the people, at the end of every three years, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in the same year and lay it up within your towns. And the Levite, because he has no inheritance with you, and the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns, shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. And so we see in this law of the tithe that God cares for the needy and he wants his people to care for the needy as well and so every three years as we saw last time there is this special arrangement put in place to provide for the needs of those who can't provide for themselves and yet needless to say one windfall of food every three years is clearly not going to be enough to provide for the poor That's a long time between mealtimes, isn't it? Three years. So there needs to be more provision for the needy than just the law of the tithe, good though that was. And that brings us now into Deuteronomy 15, most of which is taken up with ways in which poor and needy people could be cared for within the people of Israel. And the first 11 verses of the chapter, which we're going to look at this evening, are all about the law of the sabbatical year. And as we'll see, there are really two simple aspects to this sabbatical year law as presented here. We'll look at each of them in turn, and we'll then see how these things apply to us as God's people today. So here's the the first aspect of the law concerning the sabbatical year. Be gracious towards your debtors. Be gracious towards your debtors. And that's what Moses sums up very simply in the first couple of verses, isn't it? He says, at the end of every seven years, you shall grant a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. 
So the people of Israel were to live by this divine calendar. Just like God had created the world to operate on a seven-day week, and that seventh day set aside as special, so also the people of Israel in particular were to live with the seventh year set aside as special as well. And so every seven years would be this special year for the people of Israel. And there were certain things that would set it aside as special. For example, they wouldn't plant anything in that sabbatical year. They wouldn't plant any crops. That would give the land a rest as the land was left fallow that year. But also, of course, it would give the farmers a rest as well who didn't have as much to do in that year either. And in addition to all of that, the seventh year would also bring with it this requirement to be gracious towards debtors and to release them from their debts. And so imagine the situation. You're an Israelite back then and business is good. The farm's going well. You and your family are well looked after. But your neighbor, another Israelite down the road, things are not going quite so well for him. He's really struggling to make ends meet. And in that kind of situation, God's law said, you could enter into an arrangement with your neighbor to help him out. You can give him a loan to help him and his family get by. Now elsewhere, God had also said that must be an interest-free loan. This is about helping this fellow out. This is not about you getting even more money. And so you might say to your neighbor, I will lend you this amount of money. And you can pay me back at a, a certain rate. And that will help you as you and your family get back on your feet. And then when that special year came around, every seven years... You must release this person from their debt, whatever they still owe you, whatever he's not yet been able to pay back, you're to set him free from. That means, of course, doesn't it, if you entered this arrangement in years one, two, or three, there's a good chance he would have paid you back by now. But if you gave him the loan in years four, five, or six, he's probably still got a certain amount of money that he still owes you, maybe most of it. And yet no matter when the seventh year, the sabbatical year comes around, you shall grant a release. As Moses puts it, every creditor shall release what he has lent to his neighbor. He shall not exact it of his neighbor, his brother, because the Lord's release has been proclaimed. Simply, when that year comes around, year 7, 14, 21, and so on, be gracious towards your debtors, however things stand with them at that point. And then verse 3 adds an important qualification. Moses says, of a foreigner, you may exact it, but whatever of yours is with your brother, your hand shall release. Now, don't misunderstand what Moses is saying here. This is not racism. This is not particularly to do with race or nationality. Rather, it's underlining the point that in that 
era of history, the people of God were the nation of Israel. They were a nation state. And so these were the people, the people of Israel, whom God had chosen, whom God had redeemed, whom God had brought to himself and entered into a covenant relationship with them in particular. And so as God's special chosen covenant people who lived in this special relationship with their God and who lived under his laws that he'd given to them at Sinai, the law of the sabbatical year applied specifically to them. In other words, this is not just a general law for all people in all times. This is particularly given with Old Testament Israel in mind. That's why that line is drawn in verse 3. So if I can put it like this, this experience of grace towards debtors was directed specifically to God's covenant people. That's the point of verse 3, isn't it? The experience of grace towards debtors was directed specifically towards God's people. If you were a debtor in need of gracious release, the only way that you could benefit from this was to be a part of God's people. Now hold that thought and we'll come back to that later on. And then in verses 4, 5, and 6, that goes on to assure the people that if they obey this law, if they stick to these requirements of the sabbatical year by being gracious towards debtors, then God will graciously bless his people. On the one hand, he will do so by providing for them nationally. Notice that Moses says, but there will be no poor among you, for the Lord will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, if only you will strictly obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all this commandment that I command you today. So if Israel lived in obedience to this law, the promise is, Poverty would be dealt with in Israel. That's the ideal towards which they were to aim, even though, as you notice in verse 11 later on, that tells us it will never actually become a reality. But insofar as they obey this law, God will graciously bless them. He will provide for them as a nation. And not only will he provide for them as a nation, but also he will exalt them internationally and so look at verse 6 for the Lord your God will bless you as he promised you and you shall lend to many nations but you shall not borrow and you shall rule over many nations but they shall not rule over you and you see if they obey him in this way God will exalt them as a nation as a nation they'll never be in a position where they need to go to another nation and ask for money. They'll never be in a position where they're ruled over by other nations. Instead, they would lend to the nations. They would rule over the nations. And in this way, they would fulfill their calling of being a light to the nations. And it would be, become clear to the nations that the God of Israel is the true God. So says Moses to the people of Israel, obey the law 
of the sabbatical year. Be gracious towards your debtors. And God will bless you in these ways. He will provide for you as a nation and exalt you internationally. And then here's the, the second aspect of the law. Be generous towards the needy. Be generous towards the needy. So verses 1 to 6 that we've looked at already talk about how this arrangement of lending and borrowing comes to an end when the sabbatical year rolls around. Verses 7 to 11 go backwards, don't they? And they tell us about how this arrangement begins. And the arrangement ends, as we've seen, when the sabbatical year comes and they're gracious towards debtors. The arrangement begins by being generous towards the needy. And so Moses says, if among you, one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. So if this situation arises, says Moses, and you're doing well financially, but a brother, another Israelite, living in your town, falls on hard times for one reason or another, don't harden your heart against him. Don't harden your heart. Open your hand instead. Lend him whatever he and his family needs, whatever that may be. Be generous towards the needy. Moses doesn't say who should take the initiative here, whether you should take the initiative in offering or he should take the initiative in coming to you and asking. Presumably that means it could work either way. The point is, when this situation arises in Israel, be generous towards the needy. And then verses 9 and 10 deal, you see, with a particular problem that might arise. If your neighbor needs a loan, and it's year one or two in that sabbatical cycle, of course, you're going to be much more likely to lend what your neighbor needs. After all, he's got a number of years to pay it back to you. There's not too much risk for you in that situation. However, if it's year five or six, and your neighbor really needs a sizable loan, and you're really the only person in a position who's able to offer him that loan, what are you going to do now? Because, of course, you're thinking to yourself, aren't you, there's no way that he's going to get anywhere near paying back this massive loan before the sabbatical year comes around. He might pay back a little bit, but very soon the sabbatical year is going to arrive, and then I need to release him from all that debt, and I'll lose all that money. And so you might be very tempted to say to your brother, I'm really sorry, but we just can't help you at this time. I know my business is doing pretty well, but you see along with that, the costs are rising. We've got a bit of a cash flow problem at the moment. We're just not in a position to be able to give you a loan right now. And of course, your neighbor and his family go hungry. You can imagine people playing it that way, can't you? Trying to play the system of the sabbatical year. And so Moses, you see, deals with that in verse 9. He says, take care, lest there be an unworthy thought in your heart. And you say, 
the seventh year, the year of the, of the release is near, and your eye look grudgingly on your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry to the Lord against you, and you be guilty of sin. Withholding money from a needy brother when you are in a position where you can give it to him is sin, says Moses. It goes against the spirit of this law, which is to be generous towards the needy. Now you might ask, well, doesn't that mean that every seven years certain people in Israel are going to be out of pocket? Why be generous in lending money to needy people when you know that very soon you're going to have to wipe away that debt and lose that money? And that's why verse 10 is so important. Verse 10, you see, is another promise of blessing. We saw earlier, didn't we, how if Israel was obedient in being gracious towards debtors, God would bless them, providing for them as a nation and exalting them internationally. And here again, in the other aspect of the law, there's another promise of blessing if they're generous towards the needy. Moses says, you shall give to him freely and your heart shall not be grudging when you give to him because for this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in all that you undertake for there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. You see, don't you, Moses is saying, God blesses those who give generously. And yes, in the short term, they may need to take that hit of graciously releasing their debtors. It may be the case that a neighbor falls on really hard times in year six, and you're the only person there who can help out, even though you know that in a few months that debt is going to be written off. And so for you in that situation, it's going to be a big sacrifice to be generous towards this person. But, says Moses, rest assured that you won't be shortchanged because there is a promised blessing for you here. And if you obey the Lord in this situation, and if you do what this law says, he will bless you in all your work. He will make it prosper. And so what you give generously and sacrificially to a needy brother comes back to you in time. The Lord provides for his faithful people in this way. Remember the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 6, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So we see, don't we, the, these two aspects, these two sides of this law concerning the sabbatical year. This law which is intended to care for the poor and needy within Old Testament Israel. Moses sums it up in these two ways. Be generous towards the needy and be gracious towards your debtors. Now the question is, well, how does all of this apply to us as, as Christians today? What does this look like for us as God's people today? Well, the first thing to say is that, of course, God's people today, uh, we're not a nation state as the people of Israel were back then. 
And so the civil laws that we find in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and so forth, those civil laws that governed the people of Israel and their society back then don't apply directly to us. So that's why we today don't live by that seven-year cycle like they did. We still live by the seven-day cycle because that was built into the creation from the start. But the seven-year cycle, as we saw earlier on, is something that only specifically applied to Old Testament Israel. So the Westminster Confession sums it up helpfully like this, how to handle the civil or the judicial laws of Old Testament Israel. It says this, To Old Testament Israel, as a body politic, God gave sundry judicial or civil laws, which expired together with the state of that people, not obliging any other now, further than the general equity thereof may require. Now you see, I hope what they're saying there, the Westminster Divines, as they write that paragraph, they're saying the judicial or the civil laws that God gave to Old Testament Israel, they don't govern us today. And yet, that's not to say that those laws have nothing to teach us. Because the general equity of these laws, that is the good, the fair, the right principles that stand behind those civil laws, are still relevant for us. So when you come to laws like this, when you're reading the Bible yourself, and you come to laws about how the society of Old Testament Israel should be governed, don't think to yourself, well, why are we not doing all those things now? Uh, Don't think to yourself, how long is it till the next sabbatical year? I hope somebody's counting. No, the right response is to say, well, even even though these civil laws don't apply directly anymore now that Jesus has come, what are the principles that stand behind these laws? What are the principles that, that do apply to us? And one principle that still applies is, of course, be generous towards the needy. If we're following Christ, that's the kind of people we ought to be. James says to us, doesn't he, James chapter 1, a religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And James goes on to say in the second chapter of that letter, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? And you see, the God who cared for the needy when Moses spoke these words cares for the needy still. And the God who called his people to be generous towards the needy back then calls his people today to be generous towards the needy still. That's the first application for us here, isn't it? Simply to whom can I be generous? Out of what God has freely given to me, what can I freely give? Who is there around me who's in need? And how can I be generous? 
towards them. And yes, given the particular circumstances, it might be very sacrificial. It might be very costly to do that. And yet we rest in the promise that God blesses those who give generously. And he provides all that we need. And because of that, we can afford to be generous towards the needy. And secondly, the other principle applies as well, doesn't it? Be gracious towards your debtors. And the reason why we can be gracious towards our debtors is because God has been gracious towards us in releasing us from the greatest debt of all. That is, of course, the debt that we owe to God because of our sin. He set us free from it. To use the language of Moses, the Lord's release has been proclaimed, and it's proclaimed in Christ. He set us free. In him we have the release from debt. The debt was wiped away because Jesus took it upon himself at the cross. And so Paul can write, You who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And he paid for it all. It wasn't the case that we paid a little bit back and then we were released from it. In this case, he releases us from it all. There's nothing that we could do even to begin to pay him back. But Christ has set us free from it all. And you see what this law in the Old Testament points us forward towards, don't you? You see how it points us towards Jesus in whom the Lord's release has been proclaimed. And he has granted a gracious release to his debtors. And the whole debt is taken care of. You don't need to pay it. Because God the Son took it upon himself. And then don't forget verse 3. Remember, we're going to come back to that verse. Remember that line that Moses drew there in verse 3. Remember, the experience of grace towards debtors was directed specifically towards God's covenant people. And as we saw earlier, if you were a debtor in need of this gracious release, the only way to receive that was to be a part of God's people. That's where the line is drawn. And so it is with the release from the debt of sin available in Christ. That it's not a general everybody in kind of thing. No, it has a specific focus, doesn't it? For the people of God. And we're all debtors to God. We're all in need of gracious release. But the only way to receive that is to be a part of God's people through coming to trust in Jesus. Ask yourself, where do you stand this evening? Am I a part of God's people or not? Have I received this gracious release from the debt of my sin by coming to Jesus for that? And if you have, then there's one more thing to say to you, and that is, how is this going to shape the way that I treat other people now? Jesus told a story one day. He said the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. And one of them, it was found, 
owed him 10,000 talents, a huge debt that he would never be able to repay. And the master ordered that he and his wife and children must be sold and payment made. And yet when the servant cried out to the master for mercy, the master took pity on him and he released him. He forgave him the whole debt. And then that servant went out and he found a fellow servant, a brother, one who owed him a bit of money. And he seized him and began to choke him and said, pay what you owe. And when he couldn't pay straight away, the other servant had him thrown into prison. And when the master heard this, the master summoned him and said, you wicked servant. I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. And Jesus says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And you see what Deuteronomy 15 is driving us towards, don't you? Not just have I come to Christ so that I can be graciously released from the debt that I owe to God for my sin. But as well as that, how is this now going to change the way that I act towards other people? Who do I need to forgive? How can I be gracious towards my debtors? Because in Christ, God has been gracious to me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your law. We thank you for its beauty and its perfection. And we thank you for these words of Deuteronomy 15 and for this law concerning the sabbatical year And we praise you because you are a kind and merciful God who cares for the needy. And Father, we pray that you would help us to be like you in this way. We know that we live in, of course, different days to the Old Testament people of Israel. We live in a different era of salvation history. And yet, nonetheless, work in our hearts so that we would be generous towards the needy around us. Give us tender hearts and open hands. And we praise you and thank you that in Christ that sabbatical year is fulfilled. He is the one who has taken our debt upon himself so that we can be released from it. We thank you that Jesus paid it all once and for all at the cross. And so help us all to make sure that we've come to him, trusting him for this, so that in him we experience the gracious release from the debt of our sin, which was cancelled and set aside when it was nailed to the cross. And then in turn shape us to be gracious towards others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Help us to forgive one another because we're those who are forgiven in Christ. And in his name we pray these things. Amen.